Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Hey, She Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Brunslick, um, and I, it's been a week. Um, so we do not record, we, we, I, I don't record these intros ahead of time, um, which means that I'm currently recording the intro, even though I recorded this podcast a month ago, um, I, it is... Thursday, May 26th. And so um, if you're listening around this time, you've been going through a lot of the emotions of shit that's happening in, um, in our country, in the U.S. right now. And there's just a lot of sadness and it's weird. And it's just been a really weird week. Um, so I am with all of you as you're going through a lot of the same emotions that I'm sure I am, especially a lot of parents and things like that. Um, but Today, we have a very fun conversation. Um, I am speaking to Dr. Rachel Whaley, and she was actually recommended to me after the podcast, the date night podcast that we did with Stu and Hillary Bittman, where uh, we talked about box on a wall. And after that, I actually got a couple messages from people saying, hey, you need to reach out to Rachel Whaley. She runs um, this very successful box on the wall style podcast or podcast <laughs> practice. And I'm like, okay, sure. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. I'm very hesitant to just reach out to random people um, to be a guest on the podcast because girlfriend might be great at her clinic, but not everyone can be as entertaining on a podcast as I can be. Okay. Let's just be honest here. Um, there's this fear that I'm going to enter an interview and the person's going to be a dud and I'm going to be like, Oh shit, I guess I better step my game up because I'm bringing the entertainment for this hour. Um, luckily Dr. Rachel was awesome. Uh, she is, shares a lot of details that, People want to know. I mean, at least I want to know. You know, I'm curious AF um, when it comes. And this is like something I try and warn my guests of like, okay, I want to have you on, but like, I, I'm going to ask questions and like, I hope you are comfortable spilling the tea. You guys, I said that phrase correctly. Nailed it. Okay. 
Um, so anyways, yes, we are talking about box on the wall. She shared information. It's great. Um, we recorded this about a month ago and in the month of May, I may or may not have already started like making teeny, teeny, tiny changes. I, I didn't put a box on the wall people. Okay. I didn't, but I did find one at a garage sale that would be my box on the wall. If I'm kidding. Um, but no, I have had actually a couple conversations with patients this month about like that, that really value care and want to do weekly that I sat down and was like, all right, let's talk. What can you afford? And like, well, how can we make this work type of thing? Um, and in my state that's legal. I don't know if that's legal in your state. So whatever. Okay. So Rachel, she graduated from Parker in 2009 and is married to her college sweetheart, Aaron. They have three kids, Addicts, Everly, and Oakley. Um, and she started a box on the wall practice right out of school with the goal of serving lots of families and kids to create an atmosphere of community within her practice. She loves working with pregnant mamas and babies, the best and forming relationships with her clients that last years and years. And I think you will be like, I am, you know, I feel bad because, so we talk about KPIs on the clinic or on the clinic on the, I can't get my words right today. Um, and so for those of you who are not sure what I'm talking about, KPI key performance indicator, it is not a chiropractic term. It is more of a business term within chiropractic. We have certain KPIs that people tend to obsess about. You can really make whatever KPIs you want for your clinic. Um, comes down to money. How much money you're raking in? She shares that. Um, she uh, Another one is patient visits. How many visits are you seeing a week? We chiropractors really like to talk about it in weekly. It's funny. I don't know. Um, she shares that. And then OVA, office visit average. What is the average price per adjustment that you're getting? And I asked her and she shares it. Um, I do feel bad though, because one of the things that I didn't ask was PVA and what a nincompoop kind of host. Like you do box on the wall. Like these people have been with her for years, years and years. And so, you know, I'm sure she has a freaking incredible PVA that blows um, the national average of eight to 12 out of the freaking water because I wouldn't leave. I, I mean, I, yeah, I think we can all agree that like if you were getting great care and it was at a price that worked in your budget, you'd stay. So um, I'm excited for this conversation. We definitely need to pray before we start though, because like I said, it's a week. So Take a breath in, find your breath, relax your jaw. Where's your heart at? Does it feel heavy? Are you carrying, are you carrying negativity? Are you carrying sadness? Are you carrying anxiety? Are you carrying angst? Um, you know, sometimes there is a time and place to carry those emotions where it's okay. And I am not going to toxic positivity all over you and tell you that good hashtag good vibes only like it's okay to feel the heaviness and sadness of certain world events um, and, you know, certain sad things that happen in your life. It is okay to feel sad sometimes. It is a part of being a human being. 
I believe that part of the full human experience on this earth is experiencing the wide spectrum of emotions that we have been given and we have been given joy and happiness. And those are all the things and fulfillment and purpose. And we just chase only those emotions all the time. And I believe that, 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 that messes with us, that messes with us to think that those are the only right emotions to feel. And if we're feeling anything less than that, then that is wrong because then we start to shame and judge ourselves for not being grateful all the time and not being joyful and present and happy all the time. And we start going, well, you should be this and you should be that. And you have no reason to feel this. If this didn't happen to you, like, and we start to really mess with our, our mental health by shooting all over ourselves or what we should be feeling and uh, assuming that sadness and angst and some of these emotions, we label them as bad because they do carry this lower frequency. But I believe that it is okay. It is okay to sit with emotions. It is okay to cry. It is okay to feel feelings because I believe that spending time in those negative feelings and just really sitting with them can allow for you to truly be grateful for those other spectrum feelings of that happiness and joy and fulfillment. So if you are someone who is having a shit week or a shit day and you just can't get yourself pulled out of the hole that you're in, I love you. And I am giving you a virtual hug and I would try and cry with you. I'm not very good at crying, but I would, I would pat your back as you cried. And it's okay. And it's okay if you need a few hours, if it's okay if you need a few days. Hell, it's okay if you need a few weeks. Like, make sure you got people if it's a few weeks, months, like people checking on you. But like, it's okay if you need a minute, okay? So I love you. I hope that if this really, this is what you needed to hear, I hope tomorrow the sun shines on you and you just feel God's love and your friends and family love all around you and the support and blessings that... I know you have. In your name we pray. Amen. Okay, here is my talk with Dr. Rachel Whaley. I hope all of you people who are in practice are about ready to like change everything you do. Just kidding. Or maybe not. Who knows? Let me know if you do. All right, enjoy. I saw something. I think it was you that said something one time about uh like business classes in school yeah. and like the one that we get the last yeah. year of school and it's all about insurance and doesn't pertain to any cash-based practice nope. especially box in the wall and so basically I was just winging it from well, the get -go. you know well that's it's funny because I obviously, my goal is to not get in trouble ever, right? Like the whole, we used to be in network and our number one reason that we got out of network with insurance was because I didn't want to accidentally do something wrong and one day get in trouble for it. And so it's funny because on the podcast, like, so I, I assume we're not doing anything illegal, but there's always that question of like, 
am I gonna like say something and somebody's just gonna like <laughs> write me a little message and I picture them being really nice about it but like um hey I also work in Wisconsin and you're not allowed to do that and you just told 2,000 <laughs> people you do that I'm like oh cool so uh I caveat every single episode with I'm not an expert these are just my opinions so don't worry Rachel we there is always the caveat of consult your lawyer consult your state laws uh and um don't come at me if you're mad or offended that's basically <laughs> there we go we've covered it so Okay, I would love to know, like, it's so cliche, but like, I don't know who you are. So background for listeners is on the date night episode with Stu and Hillary Bittman. They started talking about box on the wall a little bit. And Kirby, who's not a chiropractor, was on in there for date night. And um, the... Uh, like I am familiar with box on the wall only from a single Reggie Gold talk that I heard in chiropractic school, like I, Northwestern was really, the time while I was at Northwestern, they were very strict about letting these super philosophical speakers on. So I remember like Reggie Gold came, but I had never heard his name. Like I didn't know he was a big deal. And I happened to kind of like just wander in. And it wasn't until like five minutes into sitting in that room. And I was like, who is this man? he is incredible. And so that's like my only, and he just mentioned like box on the wall. And then I remember being like, wait, what is he talking about? And somebody said, and I'm like, that's crazy dot. That is crazy. Um, and so then Stu and Hillary Bittman brought up that they ran their practice this way. Kirby wasn't really familiar with it because I never suggest he's my business partner. You know, he's, uh, and I never suggested that we run our practice this way. And after um, words, I had two people both reach out and say, like, you need to talk to Rachel. She's running a very successful box on the wall practice. And do you have a coffee shop in your? So, yeah, I have a, a slight addiction. And so I was spending, so this Yeti cup yeah. is about what I get every day. And I had a coffee shop on the way to work and I would stop and just have them fill up my Yeti every day. And it was costing me about $12 every day. I'm like, you know, I'm friends with the owner of the coffee shop. Might as well just see if he could put one in my new office I'm building. That way I'm supplied on the regular all day long rather than just the morning time. So it's I did. It's hard for you to come up with something I like better about you than that one thing by the end of this episode like this I think like there we go the most important thing I've gotten we'll get like that's incredible that's so smart oh my god well and it's interesting because my practice is called the chiropractic wellness cafe and so for years in my old office which was this small 900 square foot space people are always like, where's the cafe come from? I, like, do you have coffee here? And I'm like, no, it's a play on words. We're serving life. Um, because part of our mentor in chiropractic school, actually Denise Weber and Andrea Lang, who you've also had on, we were all in the same tribe together and we all had the same mentor. And so Arnold Bernier and Autumn again, um, yeah, Autumn Hicks, yeah. And so um, we used to have philosophy nights there and Arno had a cafe of life website and so I wanted to be on that cafe of life website and so I tried to have cafe somewhere in my name and for years it just threw people off because 
they they just didn't get it. Well, now they assume that it's because I have coffee in right. the office. So I have to correct still years later. <laughs> right. You're like, okay. So you is Parker down in Texas, right? Mm-hmm. So you graduate from Parker. Yes, ma'am. Did you, what, what did you do right away after school? So I am this, I, I think this also might play into something later on, but I'm a two wing three, but a very I strong just, I three. Like almost even on my two, three. Okay. So I've always been one of those like challenger achiever, like I know what I want and I'm going to go get what I want. And if you tell me I can't do it, I'm going to prove you wrong. Right. And so I knew I didn't really want to work for anyone because can I just I had a very, um, that is also your eight. So like twos go to eight. (laughs) So like the whole, like, I'm going to show you more of an eight thing than a three, but yeah, keep going. (laughs) Well, I, uh, had a mindset of how I wanted my practice to go. And back then we just had like the housing crash and market was awful. And my husband and I got married two weeks after I graduated from chiropractic school. So we just had bought a house and I had all this massive debt against me. And so I wanted to start my own practice, but the location that I wanted to start in, the rent was just unreal. And then you also had to deal with build out and it just didn't seem feasible. Well, my dad was the fire chief in the city I currently work in for 20 years and had recently taken over as city manager. And he saw an office building on the way to work every day that had been unattended for like two or three years. It was attached to a dentist's office. And so he's like, you should reach out to them. It looks like it would be a good space for you. So I did. Um, and the dentist who owned it was originally going to start a satellite clinic out of the office, but it didn't end up working out with everything. And I got super lucky. He hadn't had anybody in there and hadn't had any requests to be in there for so long that he offered to pay for my build out. And so he paid the $30,000 for build out because I could not get a loan straight out of school with all the debt against me. And so we drew up a five-year contract and uh, he paid for the bill that I got to choose how I wanted the layout. I got to choose everything in it um, from paint color to bathroom fixtures. And it was serendipitous. It was awesome because I had saved some of my money from school from student loans. I had about $13,000 that I saved up through the nine tries. And that's what I started my practice with. I got two Thule tables, um, office furniture, a little bit of decor from Michael's or Home Goods or something. and just opened my doors. And uh, with my dad being the city manager, I had a little bit of an in with some of the people in town, like the fire department with them being the, they knew me since I was a a baby. So I would do lunch and learns at the fire department and the police station and uh, local places around town, the chamber of commerce, whatnot. But I really wanted to work with babies and pregnant mommies because that's where my heart was. So also around that time, uh, our, we had a local area of midwives and doulas and birth related people wanting to get together for some monthly birth meetings. So we started Tarrant County, um, birth network meeting and my husband 
works at Texas Wesleyan. And so I had an in there to be able to get a room for all of us to meet for these Tarrant County Birth Network meetings. And so that's how I really got in the door of working with a lot of pregnant women and um, getting families in my office was reaching out to all the local midwives and the doulas and creating relationships with them. So it was slow going that first year, um, growing the practice, but after the first year, it really kind of took off. So where was the, is this the 900 square foot practice you referenced? Yes, I was in the 900 square foot practice. I was also, I was in a, okay, so I graduated 2010. It's 2022. I was probably in a 800 to 900 square foot location for a solid six years. Like we were seeing 300 plus in this little guy, just like just me. And so, yeah. Um, so what does your husband do? He's obviously not a chiropractor. You said he works at. He is not. Um, we met at Texas Wesleyan. I played volleyball there. He played basketball and, uh, he's air force baby. So he traveled around everywhere. Um, and after he graduated university, they offered to keep him on as the assistant dean of students. So that was what he started at. But then, uh, about two or three years of that, they wanted to build a fitness center on campus. And he's very much into the fitness realm. And so they asked him to be the director of the fitness center. So he runs the fitness center and the student workers and um, yoga classes, things like that up there. Okay. So what town is your practice in? My practice is in a small town called Crowley. It's about 20 minutes south of downtown Fort Worth. Okay, so when you say small town, what do you mean? Not as small as probably what you. How, how small are we talking? Um, Measly million. Slightly, I would guess somewhere between thirty and fifty thousand. Okay, okay, yes, I am not going to argue that that's the small town. Yeah, I just didn't know it could get that small. You said you're twenty minutes from downtown Fort Worth. Uh-huh. Like that gets that gets desolate or that gets like really narrowed out quickly. Yeah. So um I have a ton of people come from Fort Worth and then Arlington is another larger city. Mansfield um is a little bit south of Arlington, and those are all larger cities, uh hundred thousand, two hundred thousand plus. And so I with it with all these places only being like a 15 to 20 minute drive. I have a lot of people yeah. from the Metroplex traveling yeah. in. My longest commuters actually are coming from Arkansas now. Oh my God. <laughs> they recently moved to Hot Springs and they still come once every two weeks to see me from uh, Hot Springs. So did you start right away box on the wall? I did. Yes. You did. I did. Yeah. My parents, my mom, I think I gave her ulcers. <laughs> she was so, my dad just thought I was crazy naive. And he knew my, like, we're both Aries and stubborn to a fault. And so he knew he couldn't talk me out of it, but they prayed for me <laughs> on the daily because they just, they didn't see how it could work. I also, so Sigafoos, I believe it was tried to in Parker seminars that I heard him and that's where I heard about the box the first time. And he referenced Reggie in that seminar. And so 
I went to a Sherman seminar where Reggie was just so I could hear Reggie talk because he hadn't been to Parker seminars yet. And so I, the idea of the box resonated with me at first, right when I heard it and tried to, but as you know, you know, you're inundated with tests and quizzes and all this busy life stuff. So for the next two years, we were just doing school and jump into the hoops. And when it came time to graduate, I still like, I was kind of debating how I wanted to run my office and the ins and outs of fees, fees and whether I was going to adopt something like autumn or um, something similar. And the autumn box time, on the wall? No, 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 okay. she wasn't. Um, but we, like I said, we had been doing philosophy nights there. And yeah. so a lot of us uh, really loved how she ran her practice. And so around that time, the Chiropractic Revealed book came out that had interviewed like 25, 30 um, of the great chiropractors. Reggie Gold was in there, um, Claudia and Onrig. And I had got that and was reading through it. And the section on Reggie came up and he mentioned the box on the wall again. And I'm like, oh yeah, I remember. I really, really love that concept. And so I was thinking about that and how that could work. And around that time as well, my mom had filed for bankruptcy. And obviously she didn't have to worry about care with me being um, her daughter, but she also suffered from really debilitating migraines. And I was thinking of people in her situation and how a lot of people could find themselves having issues with money, budget, but still having a great, great need for chiropractic and what we could offer them. Mm -hmm. And my heart kind of went out for people like that. And I, I knew that I could have a big impact and could drastically help improve quality of life to hopefully help in all avenues. But those two things happening side by side, me having the refresher on the Reggie Gold box on the wall, and then my mom going through that, I'm like, no, I really feel led to go this route. And so I had to start doing some more research on what that would look like. Right. So I had also um, read all the blue, book, blue books uh, by Dr. Joseph Strauss. And at that point in time, he was still in practice. And so I reached out to him and kind of just, how do you do it, dude? Like, what, what do I do? Like, I, I know nothing about anything business related, but I have a heart to serve. And this is what, how I want to do it. And so he uh, gave me a lot of his paperwork to use and I could kind of fine tune it and finagle it to... Um, a little bit more of my personality and got a DBA and opened my doors and, and so went around you, town. Just are you an LLC? Job. You're not a nonprofit. I'm not a nonprofit. Uh, I am an LLC um, and started as an LLC straight from the get-go. Um, just with a lot of faith. Yeah. <laughs> a lot how, was, of faith. how was your, like, so you said your parents were like, losing their shit. Uh, how did your husband feel about this? My husband has always been like one of those amazing men who sees my vision and knows my personality and knows I will do everything to make something succeed. And he's, he's always just been in my corner. Like he, he's like, this sounds crazy to me, but I trust you. And Let's let's see if it, if it doesn't work out, we can always try something else. Oh, so, it's, 
<laughs> he's actually, uh, we are double opposites. He's a five, a hardcore Whoa. five. So I was convinced my husband was a five for the longest time, but okay. But yeah, yeah. yeah. He's extreme introvert. I'm extreme extrovert. And wow, but like, I I don't know. Finds me data. Yeah, yeah. So he's like the list taker, and I don't ever do lists. And so uh, it it was a lot of faith on his part on just trusting that I knew kind of what I was doing, and yeah, I I think I faked it too a little bit more. Like, like, oh yeah, this is totally gonna work. Like, have, don't besides, worry about this at all. Had you, had you gone and seen any other clinics that are like, okay, you're doing this. I want to see this. And like, did you ask them like, so like how, because okay, we're going to talk money for a second here. Like there's a difference between like, yeah, I pay my bills and like, oh yeah, I pay my bills and go on vacation and take my, you know, like. Did you ask as a student, like, so like, how okay is this? Because box on the wall docs love to be like, and it's all provided for. And I'm like, well, like what's provided for? Like, like. This might like flip you on the other. I didn't talk to anybody about money box on the wall. I didn't shadow any box on the wall practices. I actually did the opposite. I shadowed a lot of other type of practices to make sure that that's mm-hmm. what I didn't want. Mm-hmm. And that way my certainty and my belief was just like built up about the box. And so I really had no expectations going into it from the money standpoint. Because you really um, can't go back. Like, I mean, you can, but it's basically like- It's a lot, it would be a lot harder. It would to be, be like, you like know so actually I'm going to start charging now. <laughs> this didn't work out. <laughs> But I, you know, I had, I always had goals that like I wanted to meet, but my, my goals were never monetary goals. They were people goals Mm. as far as like how many people I'm serving a week. So the first year it was real slow going. So I think by the end of the first year, I was seeing about 75 to 80 people a week. And I mean, that was keeping my husband and I, like we're covering all of our bills Um, and thankfully he did have a, you know, a salaried job. So he, the way my husband and I kind of did things is divide and conquer. He took care of all of our house and bills and groceries. And all I had to do is take care of my office. And my overhead was pretty low. I I was, I worked for myself. I didn't have any help. I was a one woman show for the first four years. I did everything. I did all the, like, I didn't have appointments for the, in the beginning, People could just walk in and be seen um, right then, day one. Day one. Um, because I had a box, I didn't have to worry about billing. I didn't have to worry about anything else. I legit just had a box on the wall. I had a credit card machine set up in my office. This might trip you out. I didn't, even, I didn't even run the credit card machine. I was going to say, why did you have So people could... Oh, oh my god okay so, so they would this either sense. cash or check in the box or they would run into my office type in what they wanted to pay on the credit card machine swipe their card take the receipt put the receipt in the box who has so that money? way they could be paying out while I was still adjusting the next person so it didn't slow me down at and all. you didn't go uh, in there so there wasn't that like awkward no, there wasn't that awkward like 
discomfort. Um, this was very smart all. of you because if I, the number, the amount of money I, the baristas at my local coffee shop should have gotten from me over the last year, but when I, I never have cash and they don't give me a thing with my credit card to put the tip. And so like, I'm just yeah. not putting them and I'm like, I don't have cash. I don't have cash. So like, if I was your, your patient, you would have never gotten money from me if you didn't have credit card. Cause I'd be like, I'm sorry. I, yeah, a lot of money now. Okay. So credit card machines. So it just, yeah, it just worked out really well that way. Um, and, uh, lost my train of thought. What were you talking about? Well, you didn't have staff <laughs> for four years. Oh yeah. Staff. Okay. So I was doing it all. Um, I didn't even have at that point in time, I didn't even have a software system. So I had a piece of paper that, uh, people would sign in on and I had their paperwork, like hard copy paperwork that I ended up having to keep for seven years. Um, but I just learned everybody's name and who they were by connections. And I'm very much, I like the people to feel like they're, they're known, they're seen. And so they would come in and I would have a little baseball clicker that kept track of how many people I would see. And so the first year, I think I finished around 75, 80. And I had a goal to see 300 by year three. Okay. And then I had a goal to see 500 by year five and a goal to see a thousand by year 10. And so um, I, the birth network meetings really, really helped with growing the pediatric pregnancy part of my practice. And I would go to those every single month and network and really just create lots of lifelong friendships because I'm still really close with a lot of those people. But by year three, um, I had hit the 300 a week, still rocking it by myself. Um, I ended up getting pregnant two months after I started my practice. I started my practice in March of 2010, uh, April, May, June, three months after I, so June, I got pregnant with my son and had him about a week after I started my practice, uh, about a year in. Okay. So as a single, like one woman show who needs to go on maternity leave for a bit that, you know, kind of was trying. And so thankfully, because of this birth network, um, I did have a lot of awesome, like-minded chiropractor friends. And I, was able to get one of them to fill in in my office three days a week while I was on maternity leave. Now I only took six weeks with my son, which sucked, yeah. but yeah. it is what it is at that point in time. It's real. I so, people, like I didn't, you know, one of the most motivating things to come back is when you see your first baby, your clinic slowly wasting away and you're like, <laughs> Oh shit, I haven't seen less than that number of people since my first six months of practice mama gotta get back in there and so thankfully she was very similar in style to me and so it allowed the practice to maintain I didn't really lose um, many at that point in time but by year three when I was seeing 300 um, I started thinking okay I might need some help soon Mm -hmm. and so the birth network, I'm telling you, this really was a godsend because that's how I found my first associate. My first baby, I had a local midwife, Donalyn Dominguez, and her assistant, um, Sue Salstrand, 
who was wonderful, had a daughter who was in chiropractic school at that time. And I met her at a seminar and just fell in love with her. I was like, I want you. She was in try five at that time. I was like, don't look for a job. I want you in my office. And so I already had kind of that in the plans for when she graduated. And uh, it was seamless. She graduated. She got everything done that she needed to get done. She started with me in 2014. And we were rocking and rolling. At that point in time, I had cut my hours down because I had a baby. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't working the 36 hours a week. I was working about half that. And so what we did was the shifts that I had shut down that I wasn't working anymore, she just took over. So it was like she kind of was running her own practice on just the opposite hours of me. And I gave her a percentage of the box. So she made half of her box. Um, that's going to be about her. So like, you yeah, so like at the end of your shift, empty your box. And then... yep. And so she would get half of uh, the shifts that she worked. And so that's kind of how I did the whole payment thing. Um, and at that point in time, I would have QuickBooks and every day I would put in like what my totals were. And I don't even remember back in the early, early days. The earliest I can remember is having days where I would make like $470 and $560 and that, and it was kind of consistent there. And, um, you know, at that point in time, I was like, hey, this is awesome. Um, I'm, I'm actually making money. And then things started growing and those numbers started going up. And um, my first associate, I really didn't know how to pay her with the box premise. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I didn't know if I could do a salary because at that point in time, with a box, you end up getting pretty consistent numbers that you can right. kind of gauge what your month is going to be. So it's not as there like, been like really a really general OVA for you over the years. Um, I would say yes, but that's a very hard stat for a box yeah. because when you are seeing lots of families, especially in this model, families who wouldn't otherwise be able to have care in other offices because of their fee systems. Like I have a lot of families that have six, seven, nine kids. I have one mom who has 15 kids. Yeah. And Holy it's shit. those that type so of, <laughs> those type of families that like, I feel like skew those results because you have That's one funny. family of 11 people and they're paying one amount. And so I feel like it's generally around $20, I guess, um, mm -hmm. which so is, you're you know, talking to not the right person here where you do not need to defend yourself. Um, there's, I'm not, ew. Fees are not something that I actually just had somebody send me a question saying like, hey, have you done an episode on fees? And I'm like, no, no, I have not. Because there are just, there's some very um, strong opinions out there and some strong words that get thrown out there about like, you're devaluing what you're doing. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to say that I had a conversation with um, Tony Ebel once because he has been like air quotes attacked about like, you're not charging enough, blah, blah, blah. And like, it's just like, it's kind of what you're saying of like, listen, you know, 
I looked at, and this is what our clinic had to do. We actually just lowered our fees this this year. So inflation went up and we lowered our fees where some, some adjustments, I'm just, I'm going to just go ahead and say it since you were so kind to share, like, like some adjustments were, might be getting like $14, depending on the size of the family and how frequently they're coming. Because we had to look at our wellness plans and go, okay, we have a lot of people who are on weekly wellness individuals. And we have a lot of people who are two people on weekly wellness. And then when you start looking at like, well, we don't really have that many families of three on weekly wellness, even though, you know, it's affordable, air quotes. And then we don't, we don't really have any families of four and we really don't. Have, and so we started to go like, listen, if philosophically, we believe that every, everybody should be checked, every family should be under weekly. We have to look at what's a reasonable amount that they would pay in a month. And we had to go like, okay, so I love chiropractic. Like I love, I am a chiropractor, but let's say I had all of the passion and knowledge for chiropractic, but none of the ability to actually do chiropractic. Okay. What would our family pay on a monthly basis to go get adjusted every week? And at what point would I start going like, the kids could go every other to save 50 bucks, you know? And so like, so yeah, that's yeah. a long way of me saying. And that's the biggest thing. I didn't want anybody to have to pick and choose which family oh, members. And that's care. what they start doing. Like that. Yeah. And it, 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 it's the truth of the matter. And so I've never been attached to the, like those type of stats because no. I feel like they, they don't really bear much weight in my type of practice. Yeah. And I feel like anybody who feels called to have a box, those are not really numbers that. Mm -hmm resonate or at least I don't think that you could look those because otherwise you will get into the whole well oh my, they don't value me like they don't they don't care about well, what and I'm here's, doing and here's the maybe like wing two also is like so let's say that you you know if you're a chiropractor and you have a mom who's like okay I can afford $40 every week and you're like okay I will see. And she's like, you know, so, and I go like, ah, oh, yep. That's perfect. That's exactly what I charge. And they've got a kid and you're like, oh, okay. But I wouldn't see both of you for 40. Right. And so that's where my head just started going like, dude, whatever. I'll see 40, 40 bucks. Sounds good to me. Let's bring the whole family in. Whatever. I'll take 40 bucks. That sounds great. Four, two of you, three, four, <laughs> five, whatever. Like whatever. Just uh, thank you for your $40. I appreciate it. So yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I derailed you. Well, and in those type of circumstances, you have to think in traditional practices that focus more on symptom symptomatology versus vitalism and preventative care. You might be getting that amount, whatever you choose to charge them for a short duration, but are you seeing them for years on end? Right. Because nope. most of my practice members have been with me for at least five years plus. I mean, I, I have some that date back to the very beginning. It's a family in, in our office. Like people always mention coming in and the vibe they get and the energy is just, it's so welcoming and it feels like home. And that's kind of what I wanted to create and what it makes me so excited about this type of office mindset. Cause I mean, we're seeing, like obviously I talked in the beginning about growth, but we see about 1300 plus a week now. So I have- How many associates do you have? I have three associates. 
I might be looking for a fourth associate in six months or so. So if anybody, if anybody wants to work in an office like this, um, but it's, it's, it's a very high volume practice with, and with a box in the wall, I feel like if your premise and your goal is to serve, and if you want a successful box in the wall practice, you have to have a high volume. And so if you don't want to see but 25 people a day, then this is definitely not the model for you. Um, and, you know, like through the years, I've changed things. I've, like I said, no business experience. So you make mistakes and you grow from them. So in the beginning, I had no stipulations with my box. People could just come in and pay whatever, whenever. I since learned that that was not necessarily the brightest of decisions to have no like guidelines whatsoever, because what would happen is I would have people come for a while and educate them about the lifestyle and wellness. And there would be some that just, you know, they didn't want the lifestyle. They wanted a quick fix. They wanted to feel better. And so I would not see them for a few months and they would come back and they'd still be able to set their own fee. And that didn't resonate with me. I wanted people to have the privilege of setting their own fee as long as they were coming on a regular basis. So I have stipulations. So uh, after, I think I adopted this year two or year three. And back then um, the fees are different than what what they are now. Uh, Back then it was, uh, if you, as long as you're coming at least once every two weeks, you had the privilege of setting your own fee. We recommended weekly care once they got past um, like more preventative stage maintenance. But if it was an individual, they would reset. If they were outside that two-week window, they would have a reset fee of $40 for one person, $60 for two people, $80 for a family of three or more. Once I moved into my new office, I hired my mom as my office manager. And I don't, I no longer have a physical box on the wall. We have a front desk and people will go up to her and make their payment. So they will tell her how much they want to run the credit card board. They will hand her the cash or check. Is that payment attached to a name in QuickBooks? So I don't use QuickBooks for that. Um, I use Pure Cairo Notes. And it's just a very simplistic software model that allows us to swipe, but we adjust each visit and um, it's attached to their name in the system. And so she will um, attach it to their name so we can kind of track what uh, they do on a regular basis or how the, what the office does. And she also has an Excel spreadsheet shut up to kind of double check things. And we do enter it into an Excel spreadsheet still every night so we can see our daily totals and track numbers that way. Um, so my mom is an Excel wizard. She was one of the best things I could ever do for my office. I brought her on in 2019. So uh, nine years into practice. And the main reason for bringing her on and switching from a physical box on the wall is at that point in time, year nine, we were seeing anywhere between 750 and 900 people a week in that 900 square foot office. And it was blowing like it. I knew I needed to build sometimes. I bought my land um, in 2014 because I knew I would eventually have to expand. And it was two, two spaces down from my current office. So we weren't moving far, but at that point in time, uh, it just, it didn't feel ready to move over there. And so 
I knew I wanted to expand and I knew I would have to change the way I pay my associate because at that point in time, it was just me and one other doc in the old office. I brought on a third doc to kind of see how it would go, uh, where we could have two people working per shift. And I really loved it. It really helped with the wait times because my office is also a little bit different. The first appointment is the only one you ever have to have. After that, it's walk-ins. Okay. Um, in the old office, it was just walk-ins. I do. I change things a little in the new office. So in the old office, it was just walk-ins only. So we had office hours from 7.30 to 1 on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and 3 to 6.30. And then Tuesday, Thursday was 10 to 1 and 3 to 6.30. Saturday hours were 9 to 1. That's and people could just walk in. Holy shit, you it is. Awesome. Well, I was, like I said, I was only working half of those. And so the other associate was working half. And so um, I, I think I work anywhere between, now I work about 29 hours a week. Back then it was like 24. So from then moving to the new office, we changed, we raised our fees because it had been 10 years since I raised my fees. So now um, the first visit is $75 for an individual, $105 for a couple, $145 for a family. And then if they fall outside of their two-week window, the reset fees are you know, $50 for an individual. Cheap. That's cheap. Yeah, it's really, it's still really, really like, affordable. You don't even have uh, that barrier. How, how do you keep your ideal patients coming? Like I just picture, cause do you do marketing? No, I've never marketed ever. Yeah. So, you know, you don't do any marketing. So how do you keep like the, cause like the, the philosophy of this is what we're creating here. Mm-hmm. How do you uh, create that without like, I don't know, poor Joe Blow always gets such a bad rap, but like him coming and just being like, just crack my back and I'll see you next week. Like, how do you keep like the people you do not want bringing down your vibe coming into your clinic because they're there because they're like, yeah, I can pay five bucks a week if I want to. Yeah. And you know, sometimes that happens, but I feel like having, having a person there that they're telling what they want to pay does help offset that a little bit. Um, and we do say in our orientation, we're like, you know, we're not a venti latte. If you're spending more on your coffee habit than you are your adjustments, then you're taking advantage of how this box and this model is supposed to be working. Like we're trying to offer you a service at an affordable rate. Nobody wants to feel taken advantage of. And so we will, we will tell people, um, you know, we want you to do the best you can. And whatever that is, you know, we'll honor that as long as you're coming at least once every two weeks. And if you fall outside of that window, then you will pay a reset. So for those people who do only want to use it symptomatically, they're paying $50 every single time they come, which is kind of what the going rate is in the area. And then the couple fee is 80 and the family reset fee is 120. Um, We also offer like monthly options for people. So I have some families that just don't want to have to worry about paying every single visit. So they might just pay the 300 for the month or whatever. people, they set their own monthly fee as well. And so it really comes down to, I feel like people see the passion that we have for chiropractic. And we try to really educate people about how the benefit of longstanding regular chiropractic care can not only influence their daily stress, but their kids' lives and the impact it can have on them. And 
that's one of the really cool things I feel like having a practice like this. I had a lot of teenagers that I was taking care of um, about 10 years ago. And now they have since gotten married and had babies and are bringing their babies in. So we're getting like second generation. And it's, I feel like having this type of model and seeing the type of people that we see, like refers like. So a lot of pregnant moms and families want access to what we have, but they haven't been able to get it for their whole family anywhere else. And so the referrals, I've never had to market because it's, it refers itself. People, people see where we're coming from. And I feel like a lot of it is personality. I have an amazing team of doctors. My associates are powerhouse. Like they all extremely strong Christians and have a heart to serve. And I feel like the dynamic and the way we all offer something a little bit different, we all work really well together and we can offer something different for the families that are coming in in case they have a certain style or technique that they just resonate with. We have differences between the four of us. And I feel like the biggest issue is, is our heart. People see that when they see that we're not just out to get in their pocketbooks, they have a tendency to refer more. Mm -hmm. And I've never, I've never really dealt with the, the people who only want us for symptom stuff, bringing us down because I have so many of the other people who do get what we're doing right. that are coming back week in, week out that it offsets those random strays who only want a quick fix. Yep. Okay. I have two questions. I'm going to say it out loud. So we don't forget. Uh, one is about the orientation that you mentioned, like how you like introduce this concept to people. And then two is like how the four of you doctors, like how notes work type of thing of like, are you charging $0 and how, if like, cause we have a similar system where we've got four docs and when you come in, you could see any of us docs. So is it like how that high volume before docs communication works? So let's start with the orientation. Yeah. Um, I'm going to pause real quick and answer a question that I forgot about that. It didn't come back to you. You asked about in the new office, if the, we still do the walk-in, cause this will play a role in the question you just answered. Yes, we still have open walk-in hours, but we also added in appointments as well for the people who needed to get in and get out and didn't have to want to have to worry about a wait time because Sometimes the office gets busy. Sometimes you get to walk in and be seen within like five or 10 minutes. Sometimes it's like a 30 minute wait. And so people who had a really busy schedule and maybe have a lot of kids for practices, we wanted to give them options to be able to get in and get out. So we have five minute appointments for individuals, 10 minute appointments for couples and 15 minute appointments for families of three or more. So they have the option of doing either. That being said, when people are booking their first visit, there are different times during the week uh, that each of us doctors will do new client orientation. And so they can book, book who they want for that first visit. Um, when we go through the orientation, we do, and I know that everybody's office models are different. I know like Tony, I think you do a two day as well. We adjust the same day. We have 30 minute appointment blocks. And um, I do have somebody who, I'm hiring to do scans full time on people so we can scan them before they're do you do coming to us already. So I bought the insight back in 2020. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> and you know, they do a really awesome job of like showing you how to work the machines and this do the scans, but I felt like I needed to go to a seminar 
to learn the intricacies of like pattern and symmetry and all oh, of that yeah. stuff to see kind of pa- like just patterns across the board and the world shut down. And so I'm like, awesome. well, I can try to wing this. And I had a front desk person who was doing them for me for a time and I had to let her go. And after I did, I didn't have anyone to take over doing the scans. And so now I am looking for somebody to do scans full time uh, again. And so we could do it abroad across the board. So we do have that as a tool and I'm hoping to be able to use it more in the next five to six months. I am going to Tony's seminar uh, September this year um, just to try to uh, see how they incorporate that and how I can do it with my type of practice model since it's so different. Um, So yes, we have that. And sometimes I will use that for a lot of cases. Like if I have a special needs or if I have a case that I really like, I I need to see what's going on, um, then I'll, I'll take them back and um, scan them before anything else. But so we do, we have that. And then the orientation is kind of just, looking over their paper. We use the well-aligned paperwork. So we get a lot of the information that we need based off of that. And most of the first visit is just listening to what, what they are presenting with and then what their goals are. And we try to focus on getting them to their goals and what that would look like in order to get them to reach their goals. Yeah. And so when we talk about the box and the wall, um, it's more of how that can help them with those goals versus just the symptoms. We really don't like to focus on symptoms in our office. And so we give them the option of bringing in their family within the first two weeks to just pay the difference of the family fee. So if they've paid the initial $50, then if somebody comes, if their husband comes in the next two weeks, they just have to pay the $30 difference. If husband and kids come in, they would pay the $70 difference. Then whatever they can afford covers the whole family as long as they're all coming at least once every two weeks. If mom and kids are coming um, once every two weeks, but dad isn't, he would pay the $50 reset if he falls outside of that window. Right, yep. So so do you, the doctor, talk to them? So, okay, so they come in, yes. talk, you like give the big idea. Um, um, do you make like a recommendation of like, you should come X number of visits? We do, um, a lot of that. And then the adjustment? Or do you go like, let's get adjusted and then we'll lay out these. No, we talk about money. We talk about money before we take them back to get adjusted. Um, So we talk about how all of that works. Um, And while I'm talking about the money portion, I will make mention of how initially they might need to be seen more frequently to try to help unwind their system and the forward momentum getting more towards health versus where they currently are in that symptomatic state where they there's just all this disconnect in their system. And so initially I want them to get more in tune with their body. So I tell them, you know, after this first adjustment, I really want you to pay attention to how you sleep tonight. Um, what type of differences you might see? Do you have more clarity of thought? Do you have more range of motion? Do you feel any changes with where the tension in your nervous system is? Does it feel like it unwinds or lifts or is lighter? Pay attention to that. And I want you to notice when that might fade or when you start to feel things ramp up in your nervous system 
get more eh, jittery. Mm -hmm. And so when that happens, that would be the ideal time that you come back to see us. Now, most people, when they've never been adjusted or if it's been a while, might notice that that happens fairly quickly within the first day, maybe two days. So ideally, the majority of people would be coming every other day or in some situations daily for the first few weeks until you start to see that pattern change to where your nervous system can tolerate more, is able to adapt better. And I usually give them guidelines. Like if you're noticing that it's holding or lasting where you feel um, ease in your system for about three to four days, then usually that's the time that we would start seeing you twice a week. Our goal is to where that's lasting five, six days or longer to where once a week is sufficient. Now, I have no idea how long it's going to take for you to get to that point because everybody's nervous system is stressed in different ways. And that's where we talk about the thoughts, traumas, toxins, and how that, mm -hmm. you know, impacts people on the daily. And so I'll give them kind of recommendations based off of that. And initially people will come more frequently. And so I tell them, you and know, that's the beauty out or they're walking in. They're like, all right, uh, you told me to come back. I might come back tomorrow. I might come back in two days. Um, we don't have them schedule out. I don't have like my mom yeah. go ahead and book them for 45 days. Um, I will say, you know, I, ideally I would like to see you on this day. Would you like to go ahead and book that? Or would you like to walk in? And so I give them, um, kind of when they should come back and then I let them choose, uh, what they would like to do. And most, most of the time people will kind of stick to that schedule, um, until we tell them or until like the feedback that we get from them asking questions, we're both kind of on the same page of like, yeah, I think it's time that we can cut that, that visit and we can go down to twice a week or we can go down to once a week, so on and so forth. I do have some people who just the way their brain space works, they like to book out. And so our software can book out up to 45 days in advance. And so in some situations, they'll book out at least two or three weeks. But um, most people... I feel like who are starting care, it, they just kind of play it by ear because a lot of them don't know what to expect. They don't know when they will have those, like when things will fade to where they will need to come back in. So um, I, I kind of have an idea set up in place for what they should expect. And then with the fee system, I'm like, obviously, if you're coming three times a week or more, we recognize that you might not be able to pay as much per visit. So we take that into consideration and we want you to do the best you can, but hindsight, like once you're able to drop one of those visits or two of those visits and you're only coming once a week, we would expect you to change your fee according to the less frequent care, still what you can afford kind of for the monthly basis. Mm -hmm. That way we're, they're not just getting in that routine of paying a certain amount just because they always have. Right. That makes sense. Oh, I want to change everything I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> it really is so freeing. Um, I love, I love that there's nothing. I don't know what the majority of people pay. My mom does, but I don't know what the majority of people pay because I don't want there to be any type of negative feeling associated mm -hmm. with, well, they can only do this or whatever. I want to be able to serve from a place of love every single time somebody's on my table. And I don't want any of those type of distractions to get in the way of that. Mm -hmm. And so I love that aspect that no matter who I'm seeing, um, we're able to bless regardless of what they're able to pay us. Um, I will say that starting my practice 13 years ago, 
I never foresaw that it would get to where I am now. I'm extremely, like, I'm, in, I'm in awe of how well this practice model has worked. Um, I haven't gotten my taxes back this year, but we, I want to say brought in like 1.2 last year um, to answer your questions about the money. I don't usually get into that because it's one of those things I don't like to focus on because I don't think it's about that. But it's the number but, one objective people likely have. It yeah. really, really is, is am I going to be able like, and it's hard because, you know, you mentioned you have very strong faith. And that was the number one thing that led you to this model. And so like telling the person like, okay, well, we collected 1.2 last year. Like, it's like, well, then you don't have the faith. <laughs> like, you know, like to the person of like, it's okay. You know, but they're like, can you yeah. just assure me? Can you just assure me? I'm like, well, I can't assure you of shit, but I can tell you. <laughs> oh, okay. Final question <laughs> is about how you for doctors like, how do you do? Because so is everybody's note going in at oh, yeah. zero dollars? Um, so the that aspect, the the docs don't even really pay attention to the, the note aspect. We all see uh, the notes the same way. So we all have like our own login, but it pulls up the notes the same way. And so when we have somebody come in, we always tell them, you know, you're going to have the option of who you want to see no matter what. I recommend you try all four docs to see if there's a certain style or technique that you like. But if you find one that resonates with you, you can always request that specific doctor. So they can always just book with them through the existing client portal. Or if they walk in, we usually go up front and ask if they have a preference. And if so, we call them back. There's an alert, like a, a client alert kind of thing up at the top of the note, where if there's anything of note that is important, like past surgeries or anything that we found that is really working for that person or adjustment style that really works for them, we'll make notes there. So most of the doctors can kind of look to the, to that, to see um, what is going on with that person. And we all, most, in most cases, we all kind of share clients. Mm -hmm. We do have some that, like I have some that have been with me from the get-go. So their preference is me. Yeah. Um, but if the wait time is high, then they might go see somebody else. But um, the financial side of that, they, my associates don't really see or look at any of that. They only see kind of the note and then swipe what they adjust that day. And there's extra uh, notes on the side for objective subjective in case they need to add in anything of note, like kid fell out of a tree or mom just delivered twins. One was breached, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah. Did I answer the question or were you looking for something else? No, you answered it. You answered it. Okay. I, that, the software is very, very simplistic. And I've actually, I called uh, Tony's office last week to see what they use. Because whenever I hire um, the lady who's going to be doing the scans, I'd love to be able to have a software that will alert me when the 12th visit is there. And um, his office manager said that the software they use is not one they would necessarily recommend for right. uh, my office just because of the uniqueness. And that's one of the things that's really been hard for my practice is a lot of the software systems, they don't have a self-check-in option, or if they do, you still have to have like a five-minute appointment and you can't book a family appointment in one spot. And with us seeing such high volume and doing walk-ins, a lot of the software's 
don't really yep. don't really fit our needs. So this one at least allows us to do um, part of what we're looking at, but there's still some flaws that I'd like. Like I'd love for it to be able to, when people are checking in, for them to be able to choose which doc they want to see versus mm-hmm. us having to ask every time. Yeah, I can but. see them. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, where do you want to send listeners to find out more about you? Do you want to send them to your website? Where should people go if they want to stalk you? I honestly don't really have a huge social media. I would love to be able to rock the TikTok and rock the reels like you do. I love You don't watching. have time. You're just adjusting. I have done, I have done one. <laughs> and it was what people like think adjusting a newborn is like versus yep. actual. Yep. And it took me five and a half hours to do that video. <laughs> and it's just like, I, I, it's not my strength. And I want to try to play to my string. So I guess my website, because that's the only thing that kind of has like everything in one fell swoop there. And um, they can kind of learn more about the box and how the practice works. And and then, yeah, if, if, any, if anybody is interested about this model and uh, maybe is looking for a job in five to six months, <laughs> no kidding. Uh, I'll be, I'll be hiring. And so, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm getting to the point to where, where I don't like the waits to get longer than 30 minutes. And so when yeah. I get to that point, it's usually time to, to add a new doc in, but. Rachel, thank you so much. This was, <laughs> seriously, I'm not joking. I'm just like the wheels are turning my head of like, all right, is it too hard to flip my clinic into this model? Because it's so <laughs> wonderful. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. You are wonderful. She Slayers, go check out her website. I'll make sure Kirby includes that in the link below. If you are looking for a job, um, you know, reach out. She was, even though she's giving her a hard time about social media, you responded to me very quickly about being a guest. So, so I don't know. Send her a DM if you're looking for it. Well, I, I can respond. I just can't create. <laughs> so she's on social media. She does this in producing. So, all right. Until next week, She Slayers. Bye. Hey, She Slayers. Are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast, and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait.